Blog Talk Radio. There and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 261, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Hi! We are coming to you live from Comac, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Newtown, Pennsylvania. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. I am one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro, the aforementioned Sam Pete. And uh, here we are. It is Thursday night. It is August the 18th, 2016. It is 10 p.m. It's time for Ready to Unload. We're going to talk about New York sports and stuff for the 261st time, which is uh, Dave Kingman plus Mookie Wilson equals time. (laughs) That's an old uh, Met equation. If you add (laughs) Dave Kingman to Mookie Wilson, uh, you get a uh, very fast ball player who strikes out a lot. Okay, um, so uh, great to be here with you guys tonight. Thank you for joining us. This is consecutive weeks of Ready to Unload, the first time we have done that in eight or nine months. So we're putting it back together. We're rebuilding this New York Sports Talk podcast that we have had ever so long. And uh, we get the Bishop back tonight. So last week, Cal and I did a reset on the podcast, did a little episode quietly. It was like we only let the fan club know. It was like 10 club. Like when Pearl Jam plays like, you know, a little bar down on Bleecker. We just let like three people know we were doing it. And usually we have six or seven people listen to it. So this was an intimate gathering. This was like a small, we just, Cal and I just went on. We reset the podcast, much like the Mets have reset their season so successfully. And, um, and now, but we didn't have PJ. He was on vacation. I think he was in Maine eating a lot of lobster. You can't say he was having lobster. He was having lobster. He'll tell us all about that. Uh, he is now 90% butter. Um, so uh, we did that, and now we're back, and he's back this week, and we're going to do like a full Monty show. So let's get right to it. We're going to talk about the, uh, the Mets, the new Yankees, the exciting, awesome, fun Yankees, now the most fun team to watch in New York, this suddenly overnight. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jets, the Giants. Uh, the NFL season a couple weeks away. Our fantasy football draft, the 13th, is on Sunday. We're going to revisit fantasy football. Where are we with fantasy football now? Where are we? Where, where, I mean, 13 years we've been doing this. People have come and gone in the league. People have had children, gotten married, divorced. It's crazy. And so we're going to talk about that. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Islanders wooing a, a boy named Vessi. The Rangers wooing him as well. So uh, lots of sports talk to talk about. And then the Olympics and the swimming and the guy and the lying. Probably have to talk about that at some point. And then uh, Bishop is going to tell us all about uh, watching Suicide Squad. 
So we got a lot to get to. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Let's do it, doable. Pour yourself a, uh, a cup of coffee. I got coffee tonight. No wine tonight. No wine. No vino. All right? No vino tonight. I got the boys solo. Uh, my wife My wife is at um, uh, the Bucks County Playhouse uh, at a uh, tech rehearsal, dress rehearsal that's going to go into the wee hours. So no wine tonight, just a big coffee. Cal, this is a huge coffee. This, I'm, I'm talking to, he and I are FaceTiming actually too. So he can see, that's not perspective. Cal. That's a monstrous, that's the guy. That is a monstrous mug of coffee. That's a, uh, a Campbell's cappuccino. Uh, let's bring him in. He is the uh, co-host of the program, the in to my yang, long flowing robes, splendid. He is Mr. Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Bri. Hi, Steve. How are you? What? I thought we lost all of the, the sound. So, remember how I said that uh, we did? Don't you love when somebody... <laughs> Starts to answer the question, then answers the question, and then now we'll go. This I do this all the time. It, it has got to, after seven years of wedded bliss, just this week, it has got to drive my wife bat dung crazy. Has to. So go ahead, do that again. Ask the question, <laughs> Mr. Brian Calniva Capino Caliente. Everybody back to one. Let's do it again. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hey, what's going on, man? Um, not much. Say, Steve, I thought you said that we yeah. lost all of the audio clips. We Seven did. Seven years' worth of audio clips. Gone. We did. Now I'll explain. See, the proper amount of time has gone past, has, has passed by, and now I can explain to you what happened. We did lose all of them. Remember how I told you just a few minutes ago? Remember that part of the show where I said that the bishop was back? Are we flashing back in the show already? No. Yes. <laughs> it was something like this. Kel. Right. We did that. We did it. And then we did this. <laughs> That's correct. And then we got here. Well, Bishop downloaded almost like all the integral. Integral? No, integral. <laughs> we've, we've done this before. Integral. Integral. Interrogal um, sound clips that we would need for the show, like the cow robot. The cow robot is back, right? The I think the female cow robot is back. Maybe I don't know. Cow. Possible. There, there she yes, is. She is. She's back. The timing uh, is impeccable. <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> you wouldn't know we've been gone for seven months. Right. He did this all on his own. Yeah, he's the best. Who's he's he, best. Steve? Who's he? Instead, well, we're we're referring have... to him. We're talking about him like he's not. He's he's right behind you. He's right in the room. Yeah. Let's not uh, ignore the 80-pound producer in the room. Okay? <laughs> he's the, he is the 80-pound gorilla in the room. Boy, that is a small gorilla. What? What's that tiny gorilla doing in the room? It's so small you wouldn't ignore it. You you couldn't possibly. You'd that be would like, be why quite is there the talking a, point. Why is there not a life-size gorilla in the room? I've never seen such a tiny gorilla. Why is there like a Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey come see the tiny gorilla gorilla in the room? 
pay no attention to the 80-pound gorilla. Let's just continue listening to what I have to say. I Correct. can't focus on what you have to say. This gorilla is minuscule. <laughs> have you seen him? This is where Gunther Gable comes out and does the tigers and the lions. And then now, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, behold, the 80-pound gorilla. And it's he not is, a monkey. Uh, it's not a monkey, everybody. It's just a really <laughs> small gorilla. We're talking small. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be even better if the gorilla was actual height of a gorilla. So like oh, a sure. seven foot gorilla, but eighty pounds. But only eighty pounds. He looks right, like minute bull. <laughs> like minute bull. Or um, who's uh George Mirasan? Sean Bradley comes to mind. Sean Bradley, seven foot six, one ninety five. Slim Goodbody. <laughs> Remember Slim Goodbody? No. That's the you don't remember thing. Slim Goodbody? No. Get him in. Get him in. Slim Goodbody. You're, you're... Bring, bring him in. We're not and you're talking gonna, about... And you'll hear about Slim Goodbody. We're not talking about guys you invented in NBA Live, okay? Or he created on the PlayStation. Slim Goodbody. Oh, Wasn't he bring... your center for the Knicks? I just... <laughs> You're trying right, my fine. patience. Bring I'll bring him, him in. in and ask him about Slim Goodbody. Here he is. Wave. Wave Cruising in. Yeah. <laughs> Just back from Guy Fieri. Here he is. The guy. Guy. To the extreme, Bishop. <laughs> My son is now the sound hand, by the way. He does, does he do the voice? All day. That's great. Is he the sound hound or is he just sound hound? <laughs> he, d- he does a mean sound hound. So does he have the same rules for uh, that you have for Bishop? Oh, no, no. O- only, only sound hound is sound hound, but he does a mean sound hound. That's fantastic. Hi. Does he do a Sondheim? <laughs> he does. That's his Sondheim. Uh, Todd is his favorite show. <laughs> the what about Silverfleet Street? Does he do the Angela Lansbury part in Sweeney Todd, though? <laughs> he only knows the Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, well, and, that's okay. And he loves it. And boy, he's, by he's the way, like 11. Uh, Daddy got in trouble when he... Sh- when he DVR'd and showed that to Danny, mom was the, like, um, no. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the old Sweeney Todd there, that's the, uh, the Tim Burton Sweeney Todd. A lot of blood. A lot of blood, I feel like. A lot of the stabbing and the <laughs> slashing. That was his song time. Remarkably good for an 11 year old. Yes, he knows every word of Into the Woods as yeah. well. Really, really good. Um, how are you, man? So very good. I have my coffee. Oh, really? Yes. I um, it, this is late for you to be drinking coffee. I feel like it's called simply sinful. I'm gonna stop doing that, but I can't. It's like a tick now. <laughs> it's the tick. <laughs> 
Did you see the trailer for the new one? No, I'm I'm unaware of a new Tick. They re they made uh, remade the series, The Tick, and it's live action, and it uh, it's going to be on Amazon, and it looks fantastic. Is Warburton anywhere near it? No. Ah, all right. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he's. Because what's that? Wait. So the series in 2001 was Warburton or no? Mm hmm. He was the voice, though, right? Well, there was an animated tick and there was a live action guy in a blue suit tick. I only remember the animated tick. I see. Stepping into my brother. Whoa. My, what, my brother-in-law's roommate is the creator of uh, the tick. Wait, what? No. My bro- my my brother-in-law's college roommate went on to become the creator of the tick. Like, the actual creator. Yes. Yes. Put get pen to paper. Got to get him on the show. Uh or what? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to talk about? To talk about New York sports with the. We're going to talk about pick. Slim Goodbody. Slim Goodbody. Who is Slim Goodbody now? Besides a made-up ice cream cone. No, you know who Slim Slim Goodbody was like a guy with like Richard Simmons hair, but he wore this uh, anatomy bodysuit, like this skin tight. Oh, that's Slim Goodbody. Wow! With all the organs, you could like see the guy's liver, and for some reason, this was. Well, I I just punched it up. Johnny name recognition now. All of a sudden. <laughs> Look who knows so much. First of all, I had no idea that this guy's name was Slim Goodbody. None. Second of all, that suit creeps me out to no end. No. It was end. a different. It was a different time. You have to understand that was acceptable. If you stay on Google long enough, I think it's I think you could see that Slim Goodbody has kind of been relaunched and there's a new guy. Yeah, I see that. Playing Slim Goodbody, which is also way creepy. Did they pass the suit down? I mean, that's not right. I feel like it wouldn't be a suit anymore. They would all be tattoos. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That would be Slim Goodbro. It would be like an episode of Miami Inc. creating the new Slim Good Bro. And he's he's not only a uh, he only he not only does kids health he's also a rapper and um, <laughs> lives in Williamsburg and has a trust fund definitely right. a mustache owns a vape store. <laughs> Slim Good Bro, come in check out the new vapes. Got Cherry Cola. It's the best. Oh, and check out my colon, speaking of. <laughs> and also check, check out this uh, perfectly authentic tattoo of my rotting lungs. See this right here? This, this is popcorn lung. You couldn't see this in the 70s, but now you can. He does. Uh, the, the original Slim Goodbody did look a lot like Richard Simmons. Wow. That guy, and a, and a, that guy creeped me out. And a little bit like out. the guy from... Um, from the Balky show. Um, yes, Marklin Baker. Yeah, a little bit like that. Don't be ridiculous, PJ. Please. No, I'm serious. Don't be ridiculous. Anytime <laughs> I say don't be ridiculous for the rest of my life, 
no, you buy taco moose. Has to be. Have to do it. You're not. If you're of a certain age, you're obligated to do it as Balky Bartakamus. You are, don't be ridiculous. Teresa also, did it the other day. She didn't even know what was happening. She was going to say, "Don't be Steve. Don't be ridiculous." And she said, "Steve, don't be ridiculous." And don't she be ridiculous. was like looking around, like I don't even know what just happened. I don't do impressions. If you go all the way down on the Google Images site, this is for all RTU listeners, right? Uh, you oh, can boy. also see that the slim good body guy is also still wearing the suit and he's pushing oh, no. 60 years old and it's a little, now, now it's a little sad. He's 60. There's also an amazing, yes, that's, <laughs> that's not sad. That's tragic. Right. There's also an amazing, an amazing picture of John C. Riley in a Mr. Slim body suit. Okay. Of course. Dr. Steve and Rule. I, of course. I, <laughs> what is that? Dr. Steve Brule? He's Dr. Steve Brule. If you don't if you don't recognize Dr. Steve Brule, I'm driving out to New Paltz, Pennsylvania, and I'm slapping you around. <laughs> In a new are hope. we ever new are hope. we ever going to figure out where I live? Anyone. New first of all, New Hope is a Star Wars chapter. Cut it out. Correct. They also named it after his hometown. Oh, that's not where I live. Go on. You must activate your DVR and start taping Dr. Steve Brule if you haven't been. I have not been. Oh, my God. Isn't it amazing? I love, I don't know I love how your order, I love how your order is to activate your DVR. <laughs> like, how do you do that? You have to go to the <laughs> control center in the basement? Still figuring out the direct TV, Cal. Still figuring it out. <laughs> activate. For nine months. Do I have to say it like a superhero? Activate the DVR. Activate your DVR. Utilize your guide. And find Dr. Steve Brule. It's hilarious. And Teresa's like, we can't handle any more in the DVR. <laughs> Damn it. Activate the DVR. <laughs> That's an order. By the way, that's an order goes over really well in my house with everybody. <laughs> oh, every, every house, by the way, every marriage. Yeah. That's an no, order. I, Try it. My, Try kids, it my kids do. My kids, they love it. They love that's an order. That's, they <laughs> really. I think I've said that twice, and Wesley is like still laughing. Like, he's still like, <laughs> he said that's an order. That's <laughs> Oh, Dad, and I even know what order means, and I'm not going to do it. I say um, funny things to my kids, but when I say it in public, I realize it's not it's not as cool because I always tell my kids, "Do it or you'll be killed." <laughs> <laughs> Lily, did you finish your summer reading? No. Do it or you'll be do it or you'll be killed. Okay, and she goes and does it. But then, like right. we're in Wegmans, and I'm like, "Did you remember to get butter?" No. Do it or you'll be killed. <laughs> it's not as not as cool. <laughs> It's not. Uh, it doesn't work out as well. I feel like you get a lot of looks. You do get Literally a lot. The of woman looks. pulls out her cell phone and dialing nine one one. People are surreptitiously photographing me now. People are very me. judgy. Very judgy. I find. Yes. Especially when you use the word "kill" around a child. I don't know. Everybody's so damn sensitive. Hey, listen. <laughs> so, uh, in in sheer pounds. How much lobster did you eat? 
Can you estimate? Can you <laughs> that, give that us was, a sound did estimate? You, did you hear? Did you hear the chair creaking and giving away under my weight? <laughs> can we guess? <laughs> right. I want to guess. Well, let's Cal. Let's set the over under. Let's set the pound tonnage over under. How long? Wait. You, how long were you in Maine? Ten Nine days? days. Nine days. Nine days in Maine. Nine days in Maine. Which is a terrible Sandra under. Bullock movie, by the way. <laughs> terrible Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> and Randy Bullock of the Houston Texans are nine days in Maine. They are I, they are nine That's what they are. That's the name. Right. It's a movie. <laughs> the name of the band. <laughs> That's the dance strip there is. It's, it's about a dance strip. Um, how, I would say nine days. I would put the pounds over under at 13. Over. <laughs> you didn't even stop. No hesitation. Zero hesitation. Well, the re- the reason why I was quick on that was because I had a number in mind and it was higher than that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say over ass well. Over 13 pounds of lobster? The oh, uh, so, uh, lobster or, or the, the amount of weight that I gained coming back? No, <laughs> no, the, the weight of the lobster that you've eaten. The amount of lobster. The amount of lobster in pounds. All right, well, do quick math. Uh, two meals per day, lunch and dinner. Involved. Lobster, lobster. Lobster. Uh, at a minimum, six ounces of lobster. Wait, you only at, had two meals a day? Well, no, breakfast was in, in the house, so we had some eggs and then we you set out lobster in the eggs? to go hiking and boating and eat lobster. Right. <laughs> I love how eat lobster was on the itinerary. Oh, well, yeah. And, Eleven, we'll take a little hike, and then twelve, we'll eat lobster, and then uh, two. Oh, by the way, that's we'll probably that is how you spot the tourists in Maine, because the Maine locals have had enough lobster. Yeah, they're good they're with all, the lobster. They're all eating burgers. They don't want to see any blueberries. <laughs> they don't want to talk about blueberries or lobster. Right. The blueberries did, are big up there. Did or, you have blueberries tiny. with your lobster? You have blueberry uh, iced tea. There's blueberry soda. There is, of course, blueberry pie. But then, of course, they mix blueberries into everything from a lemon tart to a chocolate chip cookie. It's everywhere. Isn't blueberry pie like a little on the nose? Like that would be having like a lobster bisque. Like I expect them to utilize them in like I want like a lobster tuna salad or something funky, a lobster souffle. I want I want to eat lobster in. Ways I've never dreamed of if I'm in Maine. Uh, you can have it really any way you can imagine it. Poached? Even in the, <laughs> Does the guy from yeah. Forrest Gump come out? <laughs> Shrimp sandwich. Lobster sandwich. Lobster roll. Lobster, lobster salad. Salami lobster. lobster. <laughs> Salami lobster. <laughs> Lobster turkey, lobster ham, lobster salami. It it is so local and fresh. It's un it's 
it almost you're unable to comprehend how the flavor is different than eating well, it, can, you know, <clears throat> down here at a restaurant. I can comprehend it. Do you know why? Oh, because you've <laughs> spent nine days in Maine with Jim J. Bullock. Because <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I danced with nine days in Maine. <laughs> no, because so you know how the hashtag uh, seven jobs has been going around, like your first seven jobs. Is that on, some like, sort Facebook of social and, media thing? Yeah, it's been on Facebook and Twitter, and people are tweeting out their first seven jobs in order. Mm. And the hashtag is seven jobs or something like that. It's also with like seven movies or favorite seven movies or whatever. So this hashtag, first seven jobs, has been out for a while. And I didn't partake because, you know, I don't go along with whatever's trendy or trending at the time. It's trending more than trendy, pretty much. Trendy is more close. Um, in 1956. Um, so, but I was dying to do it because one of my jobs, one of my first seven jobs was in a lobster farm in Huntington, New York. It was a summer job. And I basically worked at a lobster way station for cash off the books. It was 20 bucks an hour. The best summer job ever. You remember this, Cal. You have to remember this. I think it was my sophomore summer of college. Uh, yeah. I would remember yeah. a lobster farm 10 minutes from my house. Yeah, it is, it is about 15 minutes from your house. That's correct. Yes. Um, and basically, I worked three days a week, and you worked at like 6 o'clock in the morning until like 2. And we took all the lobster off the trucks. So this guy contracted with about 16 lobstermen. Is this a Billy Joel song? It is Billy Joel's not. And basically, we would take the lobster in, we would weigh them, put them in tanks, separate them out by weight, right? The tanks, are, like he had like about 12 tanks there, all ice cold water. It was in like a big warehouse in Huntington. And then we the lobstermen sh- in the morning. <laughs> were you wearing a heavy rubber two, suit? No, uh, super. So you used to wear like shorts and a t-shirt, but it was freezing in there because the water was super cold and lobster like to be kept at very cold temperature in very cold water. They made you work in the water? And so, right. (laughs) All the lobsters I spoke to for this story. (laughs) So, and you would, so you would, you would buy, by about 11 or 12 o'clock, all the lobster guys would be in, would have been in and you'd uh, totes and totes of lobster totes and totes of lobster and all live and all, they had all been banded for the most part. Are you trying to say totally lobster? <laughs> no, it was totes lobster, to- Cal. Totes. <laughs> totes lobster. It was totes lobster, dude. No, it was, it was uh, they would have the totes, like a, like a, you know, the plastic bins that you use like uh, for storing your Christmas right. decorations, for example. And then and, we'd uh, all go down <laughs> in butter. Sorry. And so... <laughs> is it frustrating to tell this story? It's not. I'm having a. It is for please. me. <laughs> and um, you would, and so the guy would give you twenty dollars an hour off the book, and he would books, and he would send you home with lobster. So like, I'd go home with like a bag of like three pound and a half, pound and three quarter lobsters, like big lobsters, and my mom like actual cooked, lobsters. Yeah, like live lobsters. What he would do is he would so he would almost essentially curate them. <laughs> and then he would ship them out under his own truck everywhere. 
like fresh lobster and they would go out three times a week. And usually like the big shipments were on Thursday and Friday. So restaurants would have them for the weekend. So this was like the craziest summer job I ever got. I got it through uh, Danielle's dad, Jimmy, Jimmy knew the guy or whatever. Danielle was my high school girlfriend. And uh, I got Scott working there too. So my brother and I both worked at this lobster farm and had fresh lobster all summer. And PJ, you are completely right. The difference between the one you pull out of the water like three hours earlier mm-hmm. and the one you get in a restaurant is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I don't really like lobster. I ate, I ate so much lobster that summer. Me it was so neither. good. Um, and it was a great job. Like my hands would be all nicked. Oh, they're little. They're really terrible little things. They really are. So you don't they're, feel guilty all, eating them? No. No, actually, some of them you'd want to be like, I can't wait. You are, I can't wait. I hope he You're gives gonna be me delicious. to you. It's like the, I can never think of lobster without the Richard Jenny bit about how you feel like when you pick one out in a restaurant and you feel like a <laughs> Roman emperor. Right. <laughs> bring me the like, brown. So, bring me the brown when he amuses me. Yes. <laughs> Boil him. <laughs> like a Roman emperor in the Coliseum, like sentencing a lobster to death. Um, so anyway... I do know Fresh Lobster, my man. And I got two Billy Joel songs out of that summer. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Still getting royalties out of that. Still getting royalties on those. So, PJ, here's my question for you. After nine days of lobster, which is the follow-up to nine days in Maine, obviously. (laughs) Nine days of lobster. Nine days of lobster. Were you – how did you feel about lobster on that ninth day? Were you sick of it at that point, or could you have gone another nine days of it? We we felt obligated to to continue. We, like by day five, you're like, "Wow, yeah, lobster, but done with it. We must we must go on." But yeah, when someone's preparing food this good, we just we couldn't stop. Lobster so, rolls, three kinds of lobster rolls. You know they do lobster rolls with mayonnaise, lobster rolls with butter, and lobster rolls with dill. They're all very, very different. Wow. Now, <laughs> so, very different. Steve San Pietro, RTU. I just have uh, two more questions for you. Um, one was, um, and then a follow up, if I'm permitted. One was, um, what was the best pep- preparation, the best lobster meal you had? It was uh, a pasta dish that was a cross between Alfredo sauce and traditional mac and cheese. A mashup. Yeah, where, where they uh, tossed in little, happy little balls of lobster all around it. <laughs> Lo- lobster balls. Lobster balls make you happy. So you had that lobster balls. rich. That does sound was. awfully rich. And and there was uh, also the family went on a fishing trip, ocean fishing, where what? I didn't think you went to a stream. You're in Maine. Well, there's lots of lakes up there too. But they went they yeah, went but... ocean fishing, and the whole the whole thing of it was you came back with fresh catch, and there was a dockside restaurant where you could bring your fresh catch, hand oh, it. To I them, love that. And they that would meet you at the other window with what you just caught. Right prepared any way you want and yep. that stuff was crazy crazy you ever do that yeah absolutely sick of no it. ate it anyway 
on a spring break, I did that in um, West Palm. We went fishing, and uh, we caught tuna, and um, like like mahi, like big tuna. Yeah. And they they cooked it. You, I mean, they took it out of the boat. You handed it to them. You had like your name on it, like essentially, like on the fish. Right. And they only cooked it two. Right. They only cooked it two ways. They cooked it blackened or grilled. It was like blackened or grilled. So you couldn't ask for a tuna fish sandwich. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of reaction? What kind of reaction do you suppose you would get? Right. Can I have uh, a tuna roll? (laughs) Can I have a California roll with this? No. (laughs) Blackened. (laughs) Or grilled. Yeah, but I, I caught it. On whole wheat toast. <laughs> I kind of feel like. Well, and did I don't you like. Know, did you notice like that people who work near the ocean have no patience? No. They don't have patience for anybody. Billy Joel has no patience. They have no patience. And he, he doesn't even work near the water. He just writes songs about people who work near the water. Anybody who works. men. Uh, if you work on a boat or on, the, on a dock or in a restaurant near the dock, these people. They are no nonsense. They don't don't crack a joke at them because they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> push you right off this boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never heard a lobster joke before. Great one. Good job. <laughs> the lobster, the, the lobster guys that he contracted with uh, at this lobster farm, this lobster way station. That's no moon. That's a lobster way station. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get him to drive up on the scale? <laughs> Come on, lobster, get up there! Come on, put a little leash on him. Um, they do not like to be weighed either. By the way, <laughs> you know they're they're little bugs essentially, but they don't like to be weighed. They're shy. Who does? <laughs> they are right. Like oh dear lord, there is no way that is accurate. I am not one point eight pounds. I have been trying to get down to my summer look all year. God, this I is my heavy shell. Like, right. This is my heavy shell. <laughs> Scott and I used to joke about that all the time. Like, they they would be kind of vain, and, like, you'd throw one into the one-and-a-half-pound tank, and he'd be like, he'd, like, climb back up, put his claws <laughs> up, and be like, there is no way I am one-and-a-half pounds. Um. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, those those lobster guys that you contract with? <laughs> no sense of humor. No. I mean, at, at all. They look like like a cough drop. <laughs> like, like, like a cough drop wrapper, and they were just like, no. Hey, but, what do you got to say? They're all so raw. It's just, maybe it's because they have to get up at midnight. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They used to have to be out on the water. These guys were out on the water at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Three, 4 o'clock in the morning. Because they would bring them to us at like, like the last guy in would be in at like 9, 10 o'clock, maybe 11. Um, so anyway, uh, we should probably talk about sports. It's been 35 <laughs> minutes of lobster. Like ready to seafood. <laughs> but would you say the over-under pound, poundage-wise was 13? Would you say you were over 13 pounds or under 13 pounds in toto? Uh, let's say it was probably a pound a day. So let's say eight and a half to nine pounds. I came home four pounds heavier. That's impressive. In a week. And you were hiking and stuff too. Like you were active. 
moving the entire time. We went up and down mountains. Right. Had you not done that, you're putting on a solid 10, 12 pounds. Oh, wait. And one more thing. One more thing. Popovers. What now? In Maine, they give you a popover with your meal. Unannounced? (laughs) (laughs) Do they they ask permission? You slip the girl $5, she gives you a popover at the end. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) What is happening here in Maine? A popover is like an eight-inch high hollow muffin. It's all crust because it's made what? out of nothing but butter and air. <laughs> and Sounds they, like uh, a healthy trip. <laughs> and they give it to you, and then they give you a little tub of jam. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They're trying to kill the tourists. I was just going to say, come to Maine. Yes, we're trying to kill you. Right, you'll, you'll leave diabetic and with heart disease. <laughs> right, but you'll leave happy. You get a lobster and a tub of jam with every meal, and a blueberry soda because that's good for right. you. Because <laughs> that's good for you. That's like the old. So like, uh, so like most restaurants that just keep refilling your water and bringing you bread, mm-hmm. they bring you lobster. <laughs> yep. And fill your glass with blueberry soda. Yeah, right. and they don't bring lobster. bread. They bring lobster. Lobster. More like lobster than you're bread. ever like, ready. Hi, how's everybody doing tonight? Can I get you guys some more lobster? Or are you okay yeah. on your lobster right now? They are in no way chintzy with the lobster because of global warming. The ro- the lobster are mating more, so there are millions wow. more lobsters in the waters up there than they're like accustomed to, and they're just they're so just it- throwing them on the sidewalk and you take them. It's crazy. <laughs> so essentially. About a million bad things with global warming, uh, but one good one we found. One good one. Crustaceans are breeding. More lobster. (laughs) So we'll be, you know, fat and decadent uh, in the end days of the planet. (laughs) Well, we're going to be sedentary anyway. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty much sedentary now, everybody. So, uh, okay, Peach, can we come back to you in a little bit? We're going to talk sports for 10, 15 minutes. Sure, you want me to play the commercial? Yeah, yes. please play the commercial. I apologize in advance. I never knew I could have a prostate problem until one time I bent over and it looked like I had an orange in my pants. I asked my doctor and he said, you pee too much at night. Take beta prostate. I take two pills every morning. And for good measure, I put an extra one on my dingus. Now I sleep better. And my orange is more a kumquat. Beta prostate. It works for me. Let it prostate for you. What's happening? And we're back. And we're back. Ready to load, of course, brought to you by Beta Prostate. Um, We're going to have to. Was that loud enough? I don't know if that was loud enough. I, I want to play it again uh, at some point. Well, let's, well you know, it depends and on what we're getting paid from this company. That's right. It depends on what we, what kind of deal we worked out with. We need to negotiate that, maybe. They obviously skimped on the voiceover guy. So I'm sure it couldn't have cost us that much. That guy comes highly recommended. Guy's tremendous. He sounds a little like the sound hound. <laughs> Oddly. 
fantastic. He was doing a Soundhound impression. Kudos. Right. Kudos to him. Well played. Um, Cal, let's talk about sports really quick. Um, so you hate the Mets. You're not at all excited about football season. You mm-hmm. hate where the Islanders play. Mm-hmm. Um, are we good? I, I think that covers it. <laughs> let's talk about uh, the Mets really quickly. Um, so you and I decided a while back and you way more than me. I think I held on for about three weeks more than you did, but you, you decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow, but also, um, that the Mets were not going to have a season that, um, and it wasn't because of injuries. It wasn't, you know, because of, there was a complacency on this team, which you, you pointed out in spring training your concerns about complacency, your concerns about um, them being too happy with how they did last year. And also uh, you pointed out very early on, I think April, when they were nine games over 500, that they seemed to be expecting to win, not playing to win. And it's okay to expect to win when you're a really good team, but they're not a really good team. They were flawed in many ways. And so here we are. They're 60 and 60. You and I both agreed several weeks ago they are not in any sort of serious playoff contention. They can be a game out of the wild card. It doesn't matter. There is no run coming for this team. There never was going to be a run for this team. Maybe the only glimmer of hope you had was if he had gotten Bruce and Lucroy that day. Then maybe you had a chance. Um. So here we are. So now they're on this West Coast trip. They start out one and two against the Diamondbacks. Great job, everybody. And as you said tonight, they're irrelevant. There are 42 games left, and they're irrelevant. Would you agree with that? I said that. Right. So, yes, I would agree with that. So so because you said it. I will agree with what I said, yes. Newton's law of following through, which is not a real thing. Um, Newton's law follow? Everybody knows that one. Newton's law follow. (laughs) That's what it is. We're not talking about Isaac Newton, by the way. We're talking about Nate Newton, of course. From the Dallas Cowboys. He bought a lot of marijuana. (laughs) He bought a ton of weed. Bought like Um, 300 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. Where does this season rank in disappointing Met seasons for you? Um, it's disappointing. I don't want it to turn into a woe is me either. I'm sorry. I, no, I don't no, no, no. There. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going there because what I'll say is it's disappointing, but it, it's sort of status quo. It sort of has reverted back to just being a Met season. Right. You know, you have the promise of, of spring training and all the pitchers and coming off a World Series and maybe they could do something great this year. And then they started playing. And it just had a feel of something's not right here. You know, and right. you said it. They, they, expect, they went out there expecting to win. And I think what, what they're guilty of is a little fool's gold, if you will. 
Right. Meaning they got every break humanly possible last year. Breaks you didn't know could even happen. You know, for right right from the, the Carlos Gomez non-trade. Right. You know, starting yeah. then on July 29th, right through to the World Series, because that's when it stopped. It stopped, you know, it stopped on the second pitch of the World Series that went past Cespedes in center field. Right. So it's, it's a very clear period of time. June 20, July 29th to game one, pitch two of the World Series. In that stretch, everything that could possibly go right for them went right. And they made it yep. to the World Series. And it was a surprising run. Nobody expected them to do that last year. No, of course not. And, and they can tell you all, you all they want about, oh, we all expected it in this room. We were confident. Nobody expected that. And the biggest break of all is that the Nationals collapsed last year. And give the Mets credit. They took advantage of it. And so they beat them head-to-head. Head. And they beat them head-to-head. So they took advantage of it. So here we are coming into the season, and the Mets are the favorites, which was fine. I had no problem with them being the favorites coming into the season. Right. But I think they thought they were better than they really were. I right. think there was a little fool's gold, a little smoke and mirrors. Any other cliche you <clears> want to come up with? Yeah, and one of the things not there. I totally agree. And one of the things, Cal, that is is pretty miraculous is, yes, they got every break imagine, uh, imaginable last year. They also took advantage of them last year. When they got a break, when a team made a mistake, especially in that you know June 29th on those three months, they jumped on you. Or they took advantage of the mistake, or Cespedes got the big hit, or Wright came back and got the big hit, or, you know, they, they took advantage of the breaks that they got right up until the World Series. And then they played against a team that took advantage of every break that they got. Right. And right. this year, they, Cal, they don't have one come from behind victory in the ninth inning. They don't have one. They don't have one. Yeah, they are zero and sixty when trailing after eight innings. It's a, it's a, it's tough to hear them tout their resiliency when you are zero and sixty after eight innings. Yeah, I mean, you just the the. So I'm I'm totally agreeing with you, and then I'm throwing on top of that this year that I think they consistently sat back and waited for the run to come. I think they still are, and I also think that. They played woe is me when guys started getting hurt. Yes, that's, that's a huge part of this. Started with Wright and Duda, who went out the same week, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Harvey and all the you – know, Harvey was terrible all year, and then he got hurt, and then he was out for the season. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. I remember getting booed off the mound. and Everything was, well, we lost this guy, and then we lost this guy, and then we lost this guy. And everything was like, well, what do you expect us to do? You know, let's just keep our heads above water and then we'll get on a run. Well, you, you're not going to because Travis Darneau has regressed. Curtis Granderson is a shot player. Yeah, Neil Walker, who's been great, but went on like a 15 to 20 game skid where he was terrible. And that kind of hurt the lineup, right? But he's he's been fine. And I told you, I've come back around on Neil Walker. In fact, I wouldn't be at all upset if they signed him to an extension. 
They're not going to, but I wouldn't be upset if they did at all. I think he's a team player. I think he's a gutty player. I think he's, I think he's got a lot of guts, that guy. I think he's a winning player. He's, hit, he's the only guy who's hit clutch home runs on the team this whole season. Cespedes got banged up. You know, like, guys haven't done what they, what they were supposed to do. Conforto is the, one of the biggest culprits in that lineup. You were counting on that kid to hit 285 with 25 home runs and knock in 100 runs. And after what he showed last year, there was really no reason to think he couldn't. And after what he showed in April, he batted right. 370 started, in April. He was almost the player of the month. Yeah, 370, had 10 home runs. Like He looked like he was well on his way. He's had like five hits since then. <laughs> That's only a slight exaggeration, by the way. Um, so all these guys underachieving Syndergaard has been just average for stretches Matt's has been average for stretches DeGrom can't get a win despite being you know uh, having the third best ERA in Major League Baseball or whatever it is they're just an average team that's all they are and and I'm saying but but Cal they were this average team two months ago but I'm, and everybody but was seven, saying they were, they were something they weren't. But it's 75% of the season is over. And they're 60 and 60. Like, at what point do you give up this charade? You can't string more than two wins together in a row. And even that, it took you a month to do. A month, you can't literally. teams that are 20 games under 500. Why... why are we supposed to take them seriously? Because no. they had two good months last year. And they, tell you, and they tell you, we're not a bad team. We're a good team. We're better than this. You're not. Right. Not. No, they're definitely not. And, and, but they've been this for a while. <laughs> 120 games. Yeah. Look, they've been this, they've been this team for a while. I... Um, I, I, I think I held out hope a little longer than you did that uh, maybe a run was coming or they could at least stay in the wild card hunt because frankly nobody's really that good, um, you know, out of those teams. Uh, but they're not that good, and I don't have any sort of I don't have any sort of conviction that they can play with any of those teams. Now, the Pirates are in front of them, the Marlins are in front of them, the Cardinals and the Dodgers, you know, and they're on this West Coast trip. And, and, and that's to, – to bring it back to this idea of this West Coast trip, I didn't watch any of the Diamondbacks games. I fell asleep. I watched a little bit of it, but in passing. I watched a little bit of Tuesday or Wednesday night maybe or, uh, or Tuesday night. I, I, I'm not watching the game tonight. No, no way. Well, it's it's happening right now. I'm saying, but we could finish the We're show. We're not watching watch, it. I'm saying we could finish the show and go watch the rest of it. I'm not gonna go watch the rest of it. I, I there's no need. I wake up in the morning, I see how they lost, and that'll be that. Like this trip will should kill everything. Should it should? It should. It should. They've got. They're going to be like against the Cardinals on Monday. You know, next week that yeah. that should do it. They're four games behind the Cardinals now. They're not right. going to win two games in San Francisco. I'd be surprised. So they're That's probably right. going to lose ground this weekend. So now you're going into St. Louis five or six games out. That should do it. Yeah. 
I mean, they're they're going to be like seven games out of the wild card by the time they get home. Like that should do it every with three teams in front of them. Well, you know, you know I, I and and I get on I get on them a lot, and it, it aggravates me to hear them talk about how they've got a run in them. And it's, it's not fair. I should, it's not fair to them because what are they supposed to say? They're not going to come out and say, we, we're an average team and we're not going to make the playoffs. And right. They're never going to say that, you know? And what they're, what they're coming up with now is we're going to get Cespedes back. We're going to get Cabrera back. We're going to get Ruggiano back, which they actually they use him as an example too. And they're going to get healthy. Yeah, nice. And they th- and what tonight. they what they think he's is that they're playing get... tonight. He's playing tonight. Justin Ruggiano. Why is he playing tonight? He's playing center field tonight. Why is he playing tonight? Because Bumgarner's starting. Because there's what, a lefty and... on the mound. Yes, that's right. And Terry Collins is you know occasionally manages like it's 1927 and you have to start lefties. I don't even think they had that then. He manages like it's 1976, and you have to start righties against lefties. You have to. Can't possibly put a lefty out there. Justin Reggiano off the street, <clears throat> and not good when he was on the street. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why he was on the street. I, I, I agree with you in one sense. You're not going to expect them to wave a white flag. They're not going to say it. They're not going to come out and say it. But it, you're starting Justin Reggiano tonight. That's that says it all. And but Ty let me Kelly. ask you now. And, and Ty, Ty Kelly. Kelly. In the same lineup. Ty Kelly. So, here, let's, let's, let's finish up the... Quaker. He's at the plate. Ah, I'm going to swing. I mean it. I'm so scared. <laughs> what if the ball is my bat? Oh, I, oh, boy. He's slight. There's a lot, there's a lot of things wrong with the Mets. Ty Kelly's a big one. You don't want I mean, any of your players to be feeble or meek. Yeah, or look, like, really look like they would be scared if, like, a mouse ran in the clubhouse. Like, across the clubhouse floor, like, Ty Kelly would be on his chair. Like, ah! Or he'd jump into Duda's arms. <laughs> get it, James Loney, get it! I don't know why James Loney is here. Like mouse, James, though, he's right. brave enough to deal with a mouse. Right, he seems it. He looks like imagine, it. Imagine, so. <laughs> you, you imagine James Loney's tough enough to deal with a mouse. I've thought that often. <laughs> <laughs> so here, let's for the last thing about the Mets, because enough with them. Um, All right, sir. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna ask you this question. All right. You like to ask questions, good sir. I, I'm gonna turn the tables. I'm going to flip the script. Turnabout nice. is fair play. Sure. I've read that. I'm going to ask you a question. Accountability. Right. Where does it lie? Who should be held accountable for this? Should anybody be held accountable for this? Or are we chalking it up to injuries and bad luck? What do you say? Are you saying what do I say or what says me? What do you say? I don't think it's just injuries. And I think accountability lies with the manager. I think the manager is a huge problem. 
Um, and I Why? think that because I, I don't think he holds players accountable. Look, it's, it's, it's no secret that I think he's a pretty bad game manager. Um, I think is he makes no a secret? lot of mistakes in games. Is it no secret that you think that, or is it no secret that he is? That's a great question. Uh, four. It's no secret that he is not a good game manager. And also, it is zero secret because it's out there. I have told anybody who will listen. <laughs> and those who that, even wouldn't listen. That I, that I know that he's not a good game manager. What is, what is this guy talking to me about? Which one? For? Like, I'm getting a pound of cheese at the, <laughs> at the deli. At the deli. Why is this guy yelling at me about Terry Collins? Um, so I, I think Terry Collins should be held accountable. I think that should he, he has let, Yes. Next question. Ooh. Do I like sandwiches? Yes. Next question. <laughs> That's, I That's told you given. my my Andy Reid. One of the funniest <laughs> things Scott's ever said was <laughs> like Andy Reid at a press conference. Just looks always like so gruff and so like annoyed. And, like so, it would be great if like a reporter snuck in a uh, Andy. Do you like sandwiches? Yes, I like sandwiches. Next question. Yes. <laughs> yes. Obviously, I like sandwiches. Next question. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> and Do you think like Terry Collins? Sandwiches. Do you like sandwiches? Yes. Next question. Yes, I like sandwiches. Do you think Terry Collins should lose his job because of this season? Yes. He won't. Okay. But I but think, think he, he should. should. Yeah, I think that's the accountability. I think the accountability lies in the fact that, or lay, with the fact that, uh, or love a lay down. Um, lay, lady, lay. Lay, lady, lay, as Dave Matthews once famously said, lover. Um, that he, these players are were complacent. And these players were, um, you know, he had the closed door meeting, you know, and, and he went on the big tirade about playing with passion. And then he, he ran... He ran uh, Hoopty Jenkins out there the next day on the mound, let him give up five runs in the first, and brought him back out against a against a team 22 games under 500. And he let him go back out there and give up three more runs. Like, I, I, I can't take you seriously when you're telling me that there's accountability and you're telling me you're going to find players that play with passion and you run Ty Kelly out there. Well, he's a right-handed bat, Cal. We like a lot of the things that Ty Kelly can do. Yeah, do we? Do we? Is that what we like? Really? 27-year-old career minor leaguer? Don't say. Don't say TJ Rivera. I will smack you. Who's TJ Rivera? Who's not in the lineup again tonight, by the way? Who's not in the lineup tonight again tonight? Um, right. He started Kelly Johnson at third base against Madison Bumgarner. And TJ Rivera at second. Is he play- Oh, he's playing second. I apologize. Yeah. Why the hell would you do that? Because if you had watched the game last night, you would have heard that TJ Rivera was playing second all, 
his most of his career, he's been a no, second baseman. No, I know. Baseman. But Neil Walker is dinged up, I assume. Neil Walker has a bad back. Right. And a baby on the way. They are mutually exclusive. <laughs> Not for long. So Neil, Walker's gonna, Neil Walker, their best hitter, misses three games with a bad back. And then he's going to go on a paternity leave for three days. So you lose your best hitter for a week. Right. When nobody, when nobody else is hitting on the team. Let's take him seriously. Hey, by the way, Justin Ruggiano's one for one today. Got their, he's got their only hit. <laughs> oh, terrific. Because, of course. Um, and the Jay Bruce. All right, so fine. Yeah, fine. TJ Rivera's in Atlanta. Fine. And TJ, fine. And, and TJ Rivera is not the answer. I know you like him. He's not the answer. He's a 27-year-old career minor leaguer. What was the question? I don't remember. Is he a major league player or is Ty Kelly a major league player? I don't think either one of them are major league players. I think you're wrong. Good day, sir. Fair enough. I said good day. TJ Rivera is a saint. No, he's a 325 career minor league hitter. There's a difference. But he's a career minor leaguer. He was an undrafted free agent. Takes a little while to work your way up when you're an undrafted free agent. All right. All I'm saying is, I don't know if TJ Rivera is a major league player yet. I know that Ty Kelly's not. It's official. Regardless. Hey, how about the Baby Bombers? The Baby Baby Bombers. Bombers. Baby Bombers, all right? Okay. Is he going to be thinking of nicknames for them now, too, like the Killer Bees? And are we doing that again? What do you think he's doing on vacation? Right. This is all Mike Francis is doing right now. He's got a notepad, and he's just scribbling. He's got a notebook. He's just like... He's got an old marble notebook, though. Right. Like an old Mead marble notebook. Looks like Eddie. Looks like Eddie Vedder writing down lyrics in 1991. Let's see. Let's see. Baby Bombers. That's been done. Okay. All right. Uh, beep, 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 beep. The yard kids. Cause the kids the go yard. No, that's that's not good. No. They're not gonna the look. The yard kids. Not gonna look good on a t-shirt. Okay. Not gonna look good. I gotta tell you. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a a confession. Do you All make right, a confession? Sir. I think so. Do you do you release a confession? What do you do no, with a con- it's not, it's, No, it's not an album. I'm not. <laughs> you release a statement. Not, you would yeah. release a statement. Absolutely this is not a statement. Release a statement because that's official. Right. This is a statement, but it's more of a sheepish statement, which is kind of like a confession. All right, but you do make a confession. You make a confession, right, when you go to you church. You offer a confession? You, you do suggest one. You suggest a confession. <laughs> Let me suggest a confession. <laughs> Here's what you now should hear me out. Go <laughs> sound crazy. Don't Let, me just, Let me just suggest a confession for you. Merely a suggestion. Merely just so, a suggestion. Well, What Let's I'm going to say to you. Hold on one second. All right, sir. Okay. Saturday afternoon, this past Saturday afternoon, when it was 180 it's right degrees. Right. right. It's, that's a song. Right. Saturday afternoon is okay the, for fighting. In the park. 
Saturday Afternoon in the Park is Okay for Fighting. That's a long yeah. title name. <laughs> that's really that's a mashup. It's a oh, it's We're a Chicago mashup. And, El, and Elton John. <laughs> Even though it was Saturday night. Go on. Saturday afternoon, 180 degrees. Hot. It's a hot day in New York. Hot day in the city. Hot town I didn't want to go outside. Didn't want to do anything. Just wanted right. to sit in the air conditioning. Sure. Watch a little ball. Right. And the Yankee game was on. Oh, dear. I don't stop. I can't. I'm making a confession. This is going to be like 15 Hail Marys, buddy. You're not going to. You might not like it. I already know where it's going. Before the game. Wait, wait, what did you say? I said, I know where this is going. You don't know where this is going. The baby bombers. That's where it's going. Well, that's, well. You're not going to, you will not see this coming. All right. I turned it on to watch the 1996 World Series celebration. I can't, I can't even, I don't even know you. We take a couple months off. I feel like Han in Jabba's prison. The reunion. You know, Jabba Chamber. Carbonite. Yes. <laughs> Han Solo in Jabba Chamberlain's prison. Yes. <laughs> way, to, way to swing it back around. Good job. So what happened was that morning they were talking about the fact that Aaron Judge and Tyler Austin, I still don't know their names, but I think that's them, were making their debut. That yes. afternoon, and Gary Sanchez was going to be in the lineup, and they have all they were out with the old, in with the new. It was the day after A Rod had his celebration. Right. I had I had just been to the Mets game that night before the eight to six loss. Right. That right. disgusting performance that you re- referenced yep. before. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want to check this. I'm I'm interested in checking this out. I haven't right, said sir. that about a Yankee game. I can't even remember last time. I said that. Right. I'm interested in checking this out. And I tuned in early enough to see this, the reunion of the 1996 World Series champs. Right. Right. Go ahead. And one, and one, of, one of, just so you know, I haven't gone off the deep end. Right. One of the more egregious statements that Michael Kay had when they were showing, they were doing a video montage of all of the moments and how improbable everything was that happened in that run. And yeah, one of the lines was balls that weren't supposed to go over the fence somehow made it over. Cue the Jeffrey Mayer. Somehow they made it over. Yeah. Somehow made it over. Really? It It was a little much. That's a ton of balls right there. That's a ton of balls. It was touche. <laughs> it was it was just tough to see. Strawberry was there. Gooden was there. David yep. Cohn was there. It was sure. just sort of tough to see that. The old and then gang. I watched the game. Sure. And then I watched the game, and I have to admit, I had an interest in the Yankees. They were more compelling. They were a more fun team to watch. Sure. And the reason why I bring this up is because it only took, what, three months? Three months. Nobody wanted to watch the Yankees. Everybody wanted yep. to watch the Met young pitching. Casual fans were tuning into the Mets, not the Yankees. The Mets Correct. were taking back New York. 
Everything was turning around, coming off a World Series, and it just took three months. That's it. All back and to normal. All back to normal. Three all months. is realigned in the baseball world. That's right. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, you're not wrong. The Yankees are a, a, a suddenly by jettisoning all the old, bringing up the new, making the trades that they made. Uh, they're the exciting team to watch. And we're, we're watching Justin Ruggiano. And we're watching Curtis Granderson go over 80. Right. In one game. In one game. <laughs> so listen, here's what I want to ask you. You are the Mets. Do you fire Terry Collins? I probably would. Okay. What else are you doing for this team on the field? What has to change on the field for them to take advantage of the very small window that they have? Um, Because they could be competitive next year. There's no reason for them not to be competitive next year. But I, I agree, but I think that that's the window. I think that's it. Next year, yes. I, I'm with you. I think that was the third year of the window. Right. And they pissed this year away. Do you mm-hmm. think that Conforto is a shot player? Do you think he'll be okay? Sophomore slump. He goes down to AAA every time in rakes, Cal. He can obviously hit. Do you think... Uh, uh, that he is part of the plans, your plans for next year. I think he is. Yes. Okay. Is Cespedes? They might not have a choice. But but I'm saying, do you think he'll opt out? I think he's going to. Let's say he comes back. He comes back tomorrow night. Let's say he comes back and and has a real good you know last forty games. Then he absolutely is opting out. He absolutely does, right. If he has a I, poor last 40 games, gets hurt again, maybe he might he not. Right. I, 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 would, I, I would say there's more chance than not that he does opt out. I would agree. Um, and then you're done with him, right? You don't try to sign him again? Uh, no. No, because they'll have Bruce, they'll have Ligaris back, they'll have Conforto, they'll have Granderson for another year. Right. I don't think they're getting rid of Granderson. Don't you think you have to try? I think you can try, but I don't know what team is going to want a shot player making $16 million a year. You're not going to eat that last year? There's no chance of that. There's no chance of that. Right. This team doesn't eat money. Does he become a fourth outfielder? Maybe. So, Maybe. Because I agree, I agree Grandison will be back, but is he back in a starting capacity necessarily? I don't think it's a given he has a job. I don't – not necessarily. No. No. I could no. see him playing, you know, a game or two here or there against a, you know, righty pinch hitter off the bench maybe. I think if Cespedes comes back – they will send Conforto to Arizona to learn first base in the winter. I agree. Because I don't think Duda will be back. My other question, though, and Duda's not going to be back. My other question was, 
though, or I was going to ask, do you think that Travis Darno has a first baseman's glove next year? I think tra- I think they're going to do everything in their power to trade Travis Darno. Okay. I think that they're tired of him. Right. They might be. And he's hit really, really well, by the way, since he was embarrassed that night. Which is, which is good, because that will only increase his value. Yeah, that'll increase his trade value. Um, and he's also thrown out three runners in the last week. Um, That's all good for his future value. It means nothing to the team right now. Yeah. No, I agree. He's, he's, I think he's uh, – it's unfortunate. You know how much I like that guy. You know how much I wanted him to work out. I, I but I think, him, I, know. I think it's a cut-your-losses scenario now. Um, T.J. Rivera with a base hit to left. I, I think it's a cut-your-losses scenario now with Darno. So if he can improve his value again. So Conforto, then I would have no problem with them moving Conforto to first base. I think that's a smart play, even though you have two guys there. Well, you have one guy. You would have Loney. No, no, no. You have Dom Smith, and you oh, have... Oh, you mean coming behind him. Right. And you have the kid they drafted from Miami. Yeah, I think... I think... One of the, I think they're going to look, I think, I would expect Sandy Alderson to look to make a big trade in the offseason. I would agree. Um, like, like something significant. Yeah, I would agree. You know, and I, and I, I would, think they're going to, I think I they're going to look for a catcher. I would not be surprised if he made a run at Lucroy with the Rangers. He could. I would not be surprised at that. Well, I mean, what other catcher is he going to look at? Buster Posey. I mean, the the Giants aren't trading him. You know? I agree with you. I think he would look catcher, and I think Conforto would be available. I think Dom Smith would be available. I think, you know, who knows? Maybe even Steven Matz is available. I don't think anybody should be untouchable. Right. What's going on with Wheeler, by the way? I didn't uh, didn't, uh, play along with Adam Rubin's little tease. Is he shut down for the year? He shut down for two weeks. He has no ligament damage. He's no ligament damage, just sore. No, it's just soreness, and he's shut down for two weeks. Um, and they don't think he'll be back this year, just based on the time frame. If he's not going to pitch for two weeks, now you're looking at September 1st, and right. he only had one rehab start. So the odds right. are not good that he's going to pitch at all, but it's not right. ligament damage that would require a second Another surgery. Another Tommy John, right. Well, that's, so good. that's good news. Yeah, you just yeah. won't see him so this year. We'll see him in March. You should. Yeah. You should. You should see Harvey so, in March. You should. You get Matt's cleaned up in the off season. Yeah. You get Syndergaard well, cleaned both, up in the off. Those guys, yeah, those guys both wind up having their bone spurs removed. I think there's no guarantee that Syndergaard will, but. No, he might not. But Matt's will definitely. Matt's will definitely. And then so you take you, a look. You, you take a shot with the pitching again next year. Yeah. And what do you do at third base? Um, well, they're going to have Reyes back. Right. But they don't have Walker back at this point. Cabrera's on Walker a two-year back. deal? Cabrera's on a two-year deal. Ugh. I think... Um, <laughs> I, I mean, Reyes is gonna... playing one of those positions. I would expect him to. He's playing second, short, or third. He absolutely I is. would. I would expect him to. And I would also expect them to try to fill... It's, you can't, it's difficult to make any 
determination because you don't know about Wright next year. Yeah. But you I think expect Wright to get a chance to play, though. I think if you were to inject them with truth, truth serum, <laughs> they, would, they would tell you, we are hoping that David Wright is our third baseman next year. Really? I would think they would hope he retires and takes an injury settlement. Nope. I think that they want, they're paying him. They want him to be right. an answer so that they don't have to figure out who else to put there. Right. I tell you, it's going to be, these last 40 games are going to suck and they're going to go. And I, I know I'm going to a few more of them and that'll be fine. Cause I always enjoy going to a baseball game. It's um, just, an, it's just another irrelevant August and September. Yeah. And I'll be taking the boys to, you know, I think two of those games. So uh, that's always good. You know, more than makes up for the fact that, you know, it's a stinky game or, or doesn't mean anything. Um, but they're going to, I mean, they're going to have a ton of question marks. And then if you look at the Yankees, just to go back to that idea, you got to kind of love everything they did um, with all the trades, bringing up these kids. I, I mean, you know, is Gary Sanchez going to hit 400 and, you know, 50 home runs? And, uh, you know, let's, let's just wait 10 minutes. Yeah, no, probably not. Six guys in Cooperstown. But, um, but, here's, but here's the deal. You've got, three, you've got three kids that they brought up this year that made very positive first impressions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right? They still have and these nine. Are their three best, these are their three best prospects. Well. Before they made these trades. Yeah, before they made the trades, because now they've got nine guys that they acquired in right. a two-week span. Yeah, and three of them are really big-time prospects. Yeah, if you, if you get a three of them, if you get a third of them to hit. Right. That's your, there's your team. The only thing I don't necessarily like is that I feel like he should have gotten a starter. Like yeah, a, the pitching is, the pitching is that, weak, but he's... If he's that Giolito trade was there, but if that Giolito trade was there, Cal, if that was true, that they were willing to do Giolito in that trade for Miller, oof. I would have done that. I don't know. Heartbeat. Yeah, we've heard heartbeat. we've heard conflicting reports though. I would have done that in a heartbeat. I would have if too, but but you, you but you heard that the Yankees pulled out and then you heard that the Nationals pulled out. So you don't know. Right. So you don't know. Um that's but, but they, you're right. They, oh, Christmas trees. You gotta make that trade. They're gonna need they're gonna need a, a front line number one guy. Yeah. I don't think Severino is gonna be that guy. No. Boy, he may when's be good. the last time when's the last time they developed a starting pitcher, Cal? Probably the same time the Mets developed the position player. Yeah. Right. Andy Pettit and the Mets developed Wright and Reyes. I mean that's you know that's about it. Those are the last position players that the Mets have, everyday players that the Mets have produced that were all stars and you know. Yeah. Um, I mean it's 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 Andy Pettit, right? Um <laughs> I mean, Phil Hughes with another team, you know, like none of these guys. Had, not with the Yankees. No, no. I'm just trying to think of guys that they might have produced that went on to went on to other places. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Um, but they're they're certainly going to be exciting to watch. I think Cashman finally getting to do what he wanted to do three years ago. Yeah, was interesting to watch. Like it, I thought it was really interesting as a baseball fan and somebody who's seen Cashman for these 15, 16 years or whatever that he's been GM 
or 20 years, right? Because he took over in 96, right? After 96, yeah. Maybe 98. He wasn't um, the GM in 96. He Bob wasn't Watson, No, that was, that was Bob Watson, right? Um, to watch him finally get to play like he had a small market team yeah, was, was fascinating to me. And I thought he did an amazing job. I really did. Now, let me ask you a question. Yankee fans that you talk to, you talk to Yankee fans, right? I do. Lots. Okay. Did any of them, or I shouldn't say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leading you. I don't mean to lead you here, but. Objection. That. Strike Watch it. yourself, McCoy. <laughs> that Mulaney what? was on the other day. I was crying. Oh, or the judge who will allow anything. I'll allow it. But watch yourself, McCoy. Um, why? Did what? something happen? Yes. That's why the murder police are here. There's been an incident, sir. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What percentage of Yankee fans that you talk to? Give me a, a rough estimate. By the what way, if you just want to lose your mind right now, bases loaded, one out uh, after a T.J. Rivera. This is, no, this is, this is it. T.J. Rivera base hit. Flores, or, um, Bruce strikes out. Flores walks. Darno walks. Bases loaded, one out for Justin Ruggiano. <laughs> what he did. Your 2016 New York Mets. He's up right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, against Madison what? Bumgarner. What percentage of Yankee fans wanted them to continue down the path that they were like? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm giving that you. I talk. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. None. So zero percent of zero percent of Yankee fans that you pulled personally, correct, wanted them to not sell and rebuild. They wanted them to sell and rebuild. They wanted them to right. They did. So 0% wanted them to not sell and not rebuild. Correct. That's right. Internal polling. 0%. Is right. that a Gallup poll? That is not, it's a uh, Quinnipiac. Plus which usually two error percentage, though. Right. Usually slants um, very, very pro-Yankees. So I was kind of surprised. Quinnipiac, I would expect it to, yes. Right. That's right. Um, no, they, every Yankee fan I know was ecstatic. That's what I can't understand. They were so reluctant to do this. And Cashman yeah. wanted to. Cashman wanted to last year. And it's, it's money, though, Cal. It's seeds. It's, it's admitting that you're not competing anymore and trying to yeah. sell. Right. And, and I agree with you. What they didn't get was they'd rather pay to see these kids. Long term, you take yeah. a short term hit. Long term, this is what everybody wanted. You're not even going to take the short term hit because there were, were 40,000 people there this weekend to see Aaron Judge. You run a major league baseball team. Ready, Yankee fan is ready to see new kids. They want new blood. You're not even going to take a short-term hit. You're going to draw better the rest of this year with these kids than you would have if you had held on to any of these players. Much better. Well, here's the other thing. What, what demographic of your fan base is, is paying the most money for Yankee seats, merchandise, anything Yankee-related? What demographic? Would you would you say it's guys like our age? Yeah, late thirties, early forties. Sure, thirties, early forties is the exact age of the fan that remembers twenty years ago when that yeah. dynasty started. How did it start? They rebuilt and they brought yeah. guys up from the minor leagues. 
So they yep. enjoyed the success of 20 years, but they also know how you get back there. And the homegrown aspect of it. That's the, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I'm telling you, they are going to draw better the rest of the I year. Know. But, I'm, but I am, I'm, I'm dumbfounded, and I keep coming back to why would the ownership be so reluctant to do this? Because they think that their fan base is the corporate seats and the luxury boxes that they have to sell for corporations and not the intelligent fan who knows you have to bloodlet, especially in the new Major League Baseball, especially with the new economics, especially with the fact that players don't come to free agency anymore. You can't just buy a team anymore. Bryce Harper's not coming. And if he is, it's not for four years. That in the new economic climate in Major League Baseball, this is how you build a team. It's crazy. It is. It is. I'm telling you, it's amazing to me. Like you just said, you tuned in. You were watching Aaron Judge, and, and you know all six foot twelve of them. Which is diehard Mets fan. I... <laughs> you know they 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 they're going to be a better, more enjoyable team to watch the rest of this year. And and they're going to finish with a with a better record than the Mets. So there you go. And you Enjoy. know what? If you've got a team of kids... who has a brighter future now. I think the Mets have a better chance to win next year than the Yankees do, but after next year, that's it. Yep. That's it. But you 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 asked that question last year, Cal. You asked that question in May. People would have looked at you like you were insane. Yeah. To even ask the question, who had a better five years coming up, the Mets or the Yankees? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. He had a grand. I know why you're laughing. He hit a grand slam home run. Off of Madison Bumgarner? That's correct. Justin Rajon. Terrific. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Well, this is where the run starts. So This is the Justin Ruggiano. It's the start of the run. He hit a grand slam. So just my last thing on the Yankees. On Madison Bumgarner's 70th pitch with one out (laughs) in the third. I thought you were going to say on Madison Bumgarner's 70th birthday. Right. <laughs> no, Justin Ruggiano helped him celebrate with a grand right. slam. Three, uh, three and a third innings. He is up to seventy pitches. Just gave up a home run to Justin Ruggiano and a base hit to Kelly Johnson. And now the immortal Ty Kelly at the plate, looking. So what's the score? Four nothing. Right. Four nothing Metropolitans. Great. Justin Ruggiano, um, grand slam. Remember the guy we were just making fun of about being off the street. Yeah, I do remember that. Right, he's two for two with, with a grand slam off Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> Still not taking them seriously. No, nor should you. I won't. It um, was an eight-pitch at bat, by the way. He fought Madison Bumgarner to a three-two count, eight-pitch at bat, and hit a grand slam. So, uh, wonderful. Terry Collins won, ready to unload, nothing. Your move, Mr. <laughs> Collins. Well played, sir. Oh, uh, yes, boy. Last thing on the Yankees. No, this is the last thing about the Yankees. Um, now they're just cuffing Madison Bumrunner. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Hold on, hold on. Buzz, any hit that you think you were going to take at the box office 
You're right. not going to take because now there's a buzz about, oh, let's what what's up with these new kids? Let's go check them out. Even corporations are going to buy tickets to see these kids. I agree. How are they so short-sighted to not see this? I just I I'm sorry it's, I'm yelling. It is staggering. I don't mean no, to be a loud mouth. I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's it, parents just don't understand either, by the way. That they sure don't. Nope. Um, that snapped a 21-inning scoreless streak for Madison Bumgarner, <laughs> Justin Reggiano. And I totally agree with you. They, it, it was it was short-sighted to think that you were going to keep running a veteran old and just try to stay in it and try to stay near the wild card just so we can get you know asses in the seats in September. It's dumb. Rebuild the team. It's not going to take very long with these trades. Not going to take very long. No. I love that you, we keep going back to the Yankees and then you keep coming back with another Justin Ruggiano fact. Right. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just funny. <laughs> Justin Ruggiano just, just saved the cat out of a tree after <laughs> Madison Bumgarner failed to save that same cat. Now he's helping an old lady cross the street. Justin Ruggiano has walked out of the Mets clubhouse in between innings and is helping a, uh, an elderly woman with a satchel of groceries uh, and a walker. across the street. And a walker. That's right. Neil Walker is with her um, with a bad back. both he's of carrying carrying Neil Walker and um, who's, who's carrying the old lady. Carrying the old lady. All right. Uh, how are, are we good on sports? Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Cause we'll have plenty of time to talk football. That's that next week. We can talk a little bit about uh, the NFL season coming up. Definitely. I'm excited about it. Fantasy draft. That's this weekend. You mentioned draft on that. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring oh. DJ back in, but we, we are going to talk about the fantasy draft. Let's touch, yeah, because you had an interesting take on fantasy drafts 13 years in. Where are we on it? I yeah. thought that was an interesting way to, to go about things. So I just wanted to take your temperature on it. PJ's never understood our fantasy drafts to begin with. So let's do this. Let's wait. Let's, uh, let's just wait for it. Let's wait for it and go. Yes. Uh, just before we get to the fun mode, I just want to uh, – Justin Ruggiano is 5 for 11 with three homers lifetime off Madison Bumgarner. Oh, well, we didn't know that. Right. So just – but just, again, Terry Collins, well played. We <laughs> didn't have that amazing. Um, Hey, Peach. You know, it's amazing how uh, – can you please sing that as Aerosmith? It's amazing. Not Bill Thank Cosby. You. Not Bill Cosby singing me Aerosmith. <laughs> the thing in your drink will be amazing. <laughs> Too soon. Come to my hotel room. <laughs> Too soon. I will teach you how to act. <laughs> and the pudding. Um, it's amazing. 
It's amazing that that is a really good recording that always sounds like complete ass water when it comes out of block talk radio. (laughs) You can't say that about them. They're going to cut us off immediately. Immediately. Oh, there goes the feed. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing that the song is stuck in my effing head right now. I hate it so much. I don't care for Aerosmith. Anyone? Any takers? I want to do more Bill, Bill Cosby. No, I love Aerosmith. More Bill Cosby. And I, I have many attorneys. Bill Cosby? Who's, who's Bill Cosby? Bill Cosmos. <laughs> Sorry, Neil deGrasse Tysonos. <laughs> Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. <laughs> That's an alter ego. Uh, Leonard Part 6. <laughs> that was his name in Leonard Part 6. It was Bill Cosby. Uh, <laughs> really? You love Aerosmith? I've always loved Aerosmith. Oh, I don't gosh. buy it. You're such I don't a buy it. Toys in the Attic is one of my favorite albums. Why? Did you do a lot of heroin in the 70s? No, I just love it. I, I think I'm going to say something that's going to irk you, but I have to say... Are you going to issue a confession? It rocks. <laughs> that album just rocks. Really does. <laughs> you, it, it, yeah, of course it rocks. I can't believe you just issued a confession. Wow. It's an official confession. One? It's my official confession. No, that means he'd take it back to the old confession. If he remanded one? Yeah, that's what remand means. I've got right. a statement prepared for the uh, Rio police, and it's going to involve oh, a lot of Aerosmith. Yes, <laughs> um, just on the fantasy really drafting. Pushing but, the boundaries tonight, aren't we? We really are. On the, on the fantasy drafting, this is our 13th year, and I have a renewed energy about the fantasy draft. Is that weird? What? Renewed energy. I do. I, explain. That's crazy. I'm, I'm, so, I'm fascinated by this. For our football league, by the way, De, uh, DeGrom gives up uh, base hits to the first two guys in the next inning. Good job, everybody. Um, Neil DeGrom Tyson. Neil, Neil, <laughs> Neil DeGrom Tyson with the hair. Um, I was really down on our football league, especially after last year's draft kind of got disastrous because I was accused of some things I wasn't fond of. And it's a friendly league, and I, I was accused of being untoward, untoward, and uncouth and unethical, and untethered, and untethered, and unchained. Nothing stays the same, Van Halen. Um, and uh, I, I, for some reason, am, uh, I was looking through like our league history and stuff. Like we have 13 years of history, or 12 years of history. We've only Is lost like book? three. Is there a book? There's a book coming out. I'm excited for the draft on Sunday because it's like a Sunday afternoon where there's going to be nine of us in the room for the first time in a long time. Um, first time, long time. And, um, I'm, 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 I'm back into it. I'm all back into it. I had a bad year last year. So I'm, there's redemption song being played right now. In fact, we're walking into that. (laughs) We're going to walk into the draft room with redemption song playing. I 
noticed I had Mountain Song in my head when you said that. <laughs> right. We're also going to walk into James Addiction Mountain Song. I don't know why. By the way, I didn't tell you that. We're all doing walk-in music for, uh, oh, no. for the draft. No. Yeah. I want you to pick your walk-in music. Not, Life? Not, not Christopher walk-in music. Walk-in music. <laughs> PJ, what would be your walk-in music? What Aerosmith song would you choose for your walk-in music for your, our fantasy football draft? Um, I can't think of anyone clever. Uh, Please be sure to sing it. In I the vein of Christopher Walken. I can't do a Steven Tyler. Are you kidding? But you can do a Christopher Walken doing an Aerosmith song. That's what we want to hear. Now you're hurting my head. I would walk into one of the Aerosmith classics. I would walk into Dream On or uh, Two on the Nose. Sweet emotion. We wouldn't let you do that. Two on the nose. Walk this way. Kings and queens. I would walk into kings and queens. You don't there know you that go. Song. Pick something that nobody knows. <laughs> That's now, how you know it was me. What's going to be your walking music for uh, for the draft? I don't know. Oh my God. Are you sticking with Angelinos? No. No, no. We're going to make a change. It'll be revealed on Sunday. PJ, one of the great things that you do miss about fantasy sports and that you would really like is the team name aspect, right? Like getting to name your team and being as clever as possible or whatever. Our fantasy football league is all mafia themed. It's always been mafia themed. It's the La Familia Fantasy Football League Mm -hmm. or the L3FL, as it were. And uh, so mo- many of the, uh, the the gentlemen in the league name their teams with a mafia tone. Uh, and now it's four to three, by the way. Four straight hits to start the inning. Edwin Nunez just hit a triple that scored two. Good job, I Jake. love it. My yep. team would be Cosby-based. <laughs> but that's oh. not the mafia. <laughs> I'd have my own, and it would be all Cosby riffs. We'd be called the team of attorneys. We. That's the name of great team. Name. Yeah. Team of attorneys. Like, uh, like uh, our buddy Scoot. You know Scoot, uh, Peach. Sure. Keith Lee, Keith Lee Bar Mitzvah's brother. Uh, his team this year is Pi Oh My. What right. is Pi Oh My? Is that the horse from The Sopranos? That's the horse from The Godfather, oh. right? Or no, the horse from The Sopranos. No. Yeah, The Sopranos. Ah, exactly. what's the horse from The Godfather? Come on. The horse from The Godfather is, I don't know. Oh. Our buddy Kevin Sal is the, the Irish. Sal Cartoon. the horse, that's great. Cartoon. What is it, Cartoon? Cartoon, that's right. See, that would be a good team name. Our buddy Evan is the study, uh, the stuttering pricks from uh, Goodfellas. Many different connotations to that. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that works because he's a urologist, everybody. <laughs> Our buddy uh, uh, Rich Antonello has always been uh, Stracci, but it's Stracci. with 14 A's in it. Stracci, because that's how he says it. <laughs> It's fun naming your teams in fantasy football. It is fun. That's one of the fun parts about it. I am always either the Rat Pack 
of course, because I'm Johnny Fontaine, um, being the actor, uh, or uh, San Pete's Eleven, or Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and there are 11 football players on the field. And there are 11 football players on the field. That's correct. Are they really doing an all-female Ocean's Eleven, or was that like an onion? Yes. Thing? Yes, they are. Okay. They are. Really? Yep. Are they remaking Clue as well? I didn't see that. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I, somebody was saying that to me. Somebody, One of my friends at work said they're remaking Clue. What would be wrong with an all-female Ocean's Eleven? Wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I don't know, but it, it just it irked me when I, I was like, oh, really? Why? That's, you know, That's your second you know use what? of irk. I know, because this has been an irksome week. <laughs> S-O-B. Did I do that? Did I do that? Did, you, did your week just say that to you all week? <laughs> <laughs> um, why has it been so irksome? Tell us. I know. Well, you know, so much. There's just so much. But like the, the, the all-female cast remake thing, I just uh, make a make a movie. Just make make a movie. You, if you have eleven female characters, go make a movie with eleven female characters. Why do you have to relaunch, reconfigure? Like, I I just I hate that mentality that that these chicken ass producers have about remaking well, everything till everyone's completely disinterested in it. Did Makes you just say chicken ass? Chicken S. I wasn't going to say the S word. Oh. You said that. Not him. That's right. You did. <laughs> Is Nicki Minaj uh, in this Ocean's Eleven remake? I feel like she would be perfect for it. There's definitely going to be a rapper in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. And Little Kim. One. Little Kim? Right? That's, she's a rapper. Sure. Little Kim? So this is really chafing you, I feel like. My only problem with, with the all-female Ghostbusters was just, why? That was it. It was just, why? Well, what, did you like it? Didn't go. Waiting for cable. You haven't seen it yet? No. I'm shocked by that. I feel shocked. Dr. E. Ray Stat uh, said he loved it. Said it was really, right? That shocked really me. Good. That shocked, that shocked me too. Yeah. Too. He he was no, knowing what he with. said off mic about all of those women. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Throwing him right under the bus. Um, yeah, he said it was really good. He said uh, it wasn't trying to be something uh, it was not. He said it was uh, the cameos were well done for the most part. And uh, he said it was a good movie on its own. Said it was a solid yeah, as long movie as the own. movie has has good cameos, I'll uh, I'll try it once. How about cameo, the, uh, the singer? I'll look for him. <laughs> and, Don't uh, know if I'd recognize Florida. that. <laughs> Madison Bumgarner just hit a home run off Jacob Degrom. Are they to losing now? You take a five four elite. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> now that's, that's funny. Right. Yeah. You were laughing about Justin Ruggiano. Yep. So the Mets uh, actually get four runs and give five back with their ace on that. Yep, good job, everybody. His third of the year, Madison Bumgarner. Um, 
Rihanna is in this movie. Rihanna is one of, not Nicki Minaj, it's Rihanna. All right. That makes sense. That makes more sense. Her time has come because she was so good in Battleship. Sandra Wait, Bullock? That's a movie? Battleship was a movie? Battleship was a movie? Yes. Nine days of Battleship. About the game? Yeah. It was like my dinner with Andre, but with 12-year-olds. Andre Bullock playing Battleship. Dinner with Andre. There was one camera on set. Oh, this chair is so loud. I apologize. It was was a single camera. (laughs) My dinner with Andre type production of Sandra Bullock playing Battleship. With Rihanna. I would watch that. Battleship was about two brothers who didn't so much get along, but they ended up in the Navy together. And then they had to fight side by side against a sudden alien invasion in the water. Oh, shut up. Because that's where the ships are coming down. <laughs> Don't you know that that's when the ships come? When the ships are coming, they're going to go right to the ocean. That's what they should have said in that pitch trouble. meeting. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Whoever the executive was should have been. Oh, sh- shut up! All shut movie up. ideas currently stink. It stinks. It stinks. Did you see the trailer for the new Magnificent Seven? No. But I know that Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. Because he was talking about it. Everybody you? gets at least one clever no, line. He was, he was not talking to me. He doesn't know no. your name. He, did not, he never really figured out my name. That's correct. Yeah. I like that. Ask me my name all three days. I was upset with him every time. We had just shot a scene for seven hours the day before. Said my name at least 15 times. And then the next day in makeup. What's your name? Uh, still Steve, it remains Steve. Uh, no, but he was talking uh, a lot to John Bernthal about uh, shooting that. Not to me. Heavens no. No, no. no. You just um, overheard. Looked, you were eavesdropping. That's correct. Well, I was sitting next to them. I, I was sitting next to them. I was, you know, like in, in between my, them? At one point, yes. <laughs> like they were talking, <laughs> talking over, over you? Me. Yes. Like correct. you were in the way of their conversation. Correct. No, I was sitting next to them. Uh, Sean, can you duck? We're having a conversation. (laughs) Right. It's Steve, and sure, no problem. (laughs) I I went to the actor's studio once to see a show. I don't mean to jump in on your guys' conversation here, but uh, (laughs) he's telling stories about, like, working with De Niro at the actor's studio at, like, age 20, and I'm like, I saw it once. I walked past. I used to walk past it a lot. Yeah, yeah, Shane, that's great, but we're talking here, all right? Shane. Listen, Sven, if you could just... I told Wouldn't you, you always feel like you're... Spinning you're Steve questions. in a chair to get past him. <laughs> <laughs> if you turn him left, turn him right. <laughs> you always feel like you're on an episode, or I, not always. I felt like I was on an episode of Criminal Intent. Like he just was like doing the pointing thing, and what's your name? Where were you last night? I was shooting a scene with you. I was in a scene. Maybe he suspected you of something. What had you done? Yeah, I think he did. I was suspect. Um, no, uh, uh, does Magnificent Seven look good? That's Tarantino, yes? 
I don't know who it is. No, it's not. Maybe I do. Who is it? No, it's like Fuqua or something like that. French Fuqua? Watch your mouth. What's that guy's uh, name? The old safety for the Steelers? Frenchy Fuqua? Frenchy Fuqua. Come on. Antoine Fuqua. Am I right? Yep. So there we go. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Worked into Sam Kinison and back to school there really quick. (laughs) Because I know that's the popular version that went on there. I don't want to believe that. Is he right? Uh, wow, some cast. Denzel, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, Vincent D'Onofrio, Bjorn Han Lee, uh, 50 Cent? Peter, Peter Sarsgaard, Luke Grimes, good old grimy. Is 50 Cent in it? 50 Cent. Is he in not, it? Not from what I saw, but uh, who knows? I haven't seen the full cast list. But who knows from 50 Cent? That's right. Look, everybody gets one clever line. And, right. uh, uh, you know, just from the trailer, all I've seen is the trailer, but there are some people in there that are definitely acting. <laughs> I see you acting, and it stinks. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of acting going on. So Suicide Squad was terrible, huh? No, sir. You liked it. You're the one. You're going to be that guy. Uh, not only did it, uh, did I like it, I think it's maybe the best DC Comics movie. Oh, boy. Oh, um, in, oh boy. In the last, let's say, seven or eight years. Here he goes. Okay. Best since Dark Knight. Wow. Uh, performances so, so- are good. What tell us what we're missing, or, or what everybody in the rest of the world is missing? Uh, I think it's something I, I call IPS. It's Internet Pressure Syndrome. I love Internet Pressure Syndrome. I think the trolls got to it first, and people just decided they agreed with the trolls, and they spoiled it, right? My nephew couldn't wait to tell me how the Joker was just not in the movie, because that's what he had read. Joker's all over the damn movie. <laughs> Right. The Joker appears at least once every seven minutes in the movie because you can't have any more. He would take over. It's the Joker. Right. You either give him his own movie or you keep him as like a little spice. And they kept him as a little spice. A little spice girl? Yes. That's a, that's a director's choice I did not see coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jared, when Jared Leto wasn't available, they used be, Posh. You didn't know that? Can you just be a touch more like Posh Spice? Um, <laughs> Out, Mike. Be more pouting. I guess. I, so kind of a sure. I, I can't believe you loved it. I'm surprised. It's good. Well, I'll tell you what. It's got a great um, cinematic language. Whoever shot it really knew what they were doing. And uh, I think it was overthought somewhere along the line where someone said, you know, let's pepper it with jokes and right and do that sort of thing. Unnecessary. The weakest thing about the movie is when they go too dialogue heavy in any part. 
You know, you, right. you get some really bad lines start spilling out, you know, when, when Viola Davis is like, well, if anybody gives us trouble, we'll throw them under the bus. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> you could have done that with a look. And, and a, right. the movie really excels when it's a picture show, you know, um, it, it's, it's not a talker. It's not um, like a Nolan movie where you want to know what's going on in the back of everybody's head. Right. It's not like that. Also, it's nice. It, it takes place since it is DC. It takes place uh, at a unique part in the DC universe where Superman is unavailable. Um, right. Which is, it's a weird circumstance because when things go really, really bad in DC, you go get Superman. They can't. Everybody, right. Everybody goes to get Superman. You go get Superman in DC. It's like, well, like, things are getting really, really, really bad. And he's he's unavailable. Like Superman Dr. is unavailable. He's like he's like Dr. Erase Stat. He's unavailable. Dr. Erase Stat is unavailable. <laughs> He's with Superman. Superman. Yeah. He's hanging out with Superman. <laughs> it's, did, I mean, you it's, see, it's, did you see I've Batman versus Superman? Sure. And? Sure I did. And uh, Zack Snyder should not do those anymore. <laughs> You've seen enough of Zack Snyder uh, doing those type movies? Stop it. Right. Somebody should get to him and just say, "Okay, that's we're good." Yeah, because Zack Snyder will 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 cook something really nice for you, but then before he brings it to the table, he'll panic and he'll throw cheese and chocolate on top of it and then hand it to you. <laughs> and that's that's exactly what BVS was. Cheese it was and chocolate. Cheese and chocolate. All right, so here's your lobster that Zack Snyder prepared for you. Right. <laughs> Zack Snyder has some it's more cheese lobster. Cheese and chocolate on it. It has cheese and chocolate lobster. Um, well, what is Zack Snyder's best film? Does he have one? Is there a I best of so. him? I, I didn't know. like Man of Steel, so no. See, I, I liked we did Man of Steel, right? I liked both Superman movies in spite of him at the helm. Right. I kept forgiving all the things that he was doing wrong with it <laughs> and saying, I still like it anyway. Right. You're really screwing this up. That's eh, okay. It's okay. We're going to let it go because enough, enough of what needs to get through is getting through. Right. Like in, I... in Batman versus Superman, they needed to get to the part where you understood that, Wonder Woman and these other heroes were entering the universe. I don't know why it took 140 minutes to get to that point. Sure. <laughs> 140 minutes feels like a really long time to get to Wonder Woman. It took, it's a really long time to see a two-second clip of The Flash and a two-second right. clip of Aquaman. And you're like... Oh, that's why they're talking about the thing they were talking about. Why did you make me watch all those fights? <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, he, he really he made a movie where you start to resent the action because there was there was no tension to any of the action in the movie because you're like, well, Batman's in no danger. 
We're right. just going to wait for him to beat these guys up. It goes on for 11 minutes. Oh, God. They're still <laughs> shooting at him? Stop <laughs> shooting at Batman. Please. Could you please check the card the again, ma'am? The check movies the were in the wrong head. But Suicide Squad, gosh darn it, was very good. Margot Robbie and Kara, uh, what's her name, Delevingne, uh, right. were both very good. Okay. They are neither of them are really actors. They're just sort of like energies, you know. But they're good. I want to uh, ask you about Stranger Things because we haven't had a chance to talk about Stranger Things. Okay. I loved it. <laughs> I am one episode away from finishing it. We have one episode left. Okay, so no spoilers. Okay. No, no. And Cal hasn't been able to watch I've it. I've not seen it, uh, a minute of it, no. Right. You're going to watch it, though, right? I will, yes. It's eight episodes. It's Yeah. It's not even eight hours. It's not a huge... It's kind of, de- it's kind of delightful. It's fantastic. It really is fantastic. But I think I said this last week, right, Cal, that I'm amazed at how not scared of it I am. Right. That's what would lead me to watch it. Like, Cal, or Peach, I am not at all afraid of this show. Doesn't scare me at all. I understand that, though, because... And I'm the biggest Freddy cat that ever lived. Right, but you've... These are all throwback scares. You've seen all these scares. That's right. I know when they're coming. Right. And that's like you enjoy them. You're like, oh, that with the TV. Oh. <laughs> and I said, like, it's like it's like watching it, it because it's so 80 it, because it's so 80s. Like I've seen it just looks like a nostalgia. It looks like a movie, like in a good mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that the, like the special effects are bad or anything. They're not like the special effects are certainly scary. I don't know. It's just. We watched the seventh episode yesterday. Should have been scary. Teresa was scared. She, she, she had a couple of gasps. I think there was some tension to it, but I wouldn't say there were scares. Right. It's good, Cal. Oh, you got to get in on it. Yeah, I can't I mean, there's get over def- how, how perfectly cast the kids are. They really are. Really good casting. See, now there we go. Source material in the right hands. Whoever those these guys are, the Duffer brothers. Yeah. They were the right no, squad. Nobody's ever heard of them. They sound like a wrestling team. There is like a, probably like a, like, a, like a WWF. It's the writer the or the, yeah, the creators and director and writers are the Duffer Brothers. It's a pseudonym. It's got to be. And the first time mm-hmm. I saw it, I was like, wait, is that like the junkyard, the British Bulldogs? Like, is that a WWF team? <laughs> and here come the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> That's two Scottish guys in kilts. But it, but they nailed it. I mean, they just. PJ, do you think that season two will be a true detective situation, or do you think it will be a continuation of this? Yeah, I was I was just talking about that with somebody. I don't know. I I'd be happy either seen, way because the, right there are characters you can continue with. Right. You know, into season two, but it might be nice. For them to gather up a you know another big scoop of of eighties tropes and just make another story, right? You know they could do a sleepaway camp type <laughs> type they story. Could do, I mean, yeah, they could do a great stuff. Yeah, Cal, what are you watching these days? 
I'm the Olympics. Todd McShay. Yay. The Olympics. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, yeah. We've been watching the Olympics. And? Uh, you know, it's... I'm not, I'm not really moved by them. The problem is that that's what my, my family is obsessed with, so that's kind of what's always on. Yeah, Teresa watches it a lot, too. She's very yeah, so that's so I haven't so I really haven't gotten into too many shows. Um, Stranger Things would probably be the one that I go to because just it looks like it's a quick one. Right? Had you ever watched Orange Is the New Black? No. Okay, so you're not into the women in prison thing. I mean, I am. I just haven't watched that show. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Orange Is the New Black. I mean, I'm totally no, into that. Clear. You see, right, now yeah. there's something you could do. You have a, a cast of full of nothing but women, and they did something new. They didn't have to reboot something to make it yeah. valid. Agree. Internet I, um, pressure syndrome. I, I think we're going to start coining IPS. that, the IPR, or IPS. I like it. Cal, bigger accomplishment. Usain Bolt's winning three straight hundreds. Or Michael Phelps and the 25 medals. That. 25 medals? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But no one's ever done what Usain Bolt's done in like 12 2000, years. 2000 Gee, years. 25 medals, too. Right. And nobody's, and in the same 2000 years, nobody's ever won 25 medals. Right. But the 100 has been like an event, like since Greece. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here because oh, it doesn't matter. Spoiler alert: he won the 200 tonight too. So now he's got three straight 200s, also. Right. So he's got six. Gold so he's medals. got the right. He's got. But well, it's not, he's got a, it's not about the, He's got eight. Right. It's not about the number though that he's winning. It's about winning those consecutively at three straight Olympics. No one's ever done that. That's true. That's and true. it's, you know, it's the hundred, like the hundred is one of the few events that like existed in ancient Greece. Right. I think so, the amazing thing is that we're, we're, we're getting athletes now. The training is, is getting so good that you're getting Olympic athletes that can sustain 12 year careers. Right. Right. I mean, that's or in <laughs> Phelps case, isn't it a 16 year career with Phelps? He didn't medal in, in 2000, but uh, he was there. But that was his first Olympics, right? It was in 2000, yeah. I think the argument for Phelps is that it's so far, it it shatters. It's not even close. In other words, it's not like he has like three more gold medals than somebody. He's got like more gold medals than the three most combined. Mm -hmm. Right. But the argument against it is he swims in a ton of events. Right, right. Whereas, there, aren't that many, whereas, there aren't as many track and field events open for somebody to Bolt, excel. That's right. Bolt really only has like three things he can run in. Mm-hmm. Right. And he pretty much dominates two of them. Like he completely dominates two of them. He, he dominates, really dominates all three of them. Yeah, all three of them. Yeah, I mean the four hundred is a relay, but still, right. He's part of a team. He's part of a team. 
if he doesn't meddle in that, it's not necessarily his fault. Yeah, but he's now at the point where he's meddled in eight out of eight events that he's competed in. He's that gold he's medal. Right. Gold medal, not just medal. Gold medal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, now, so now you have a lot – there's actually some intrigue to his final event. Right. There's so much intrigue, I don't know when it is. But when it's on, there'll be a lot of intrigue. <laughs> he would get his ninth gold medal, right? He would be nine for nine, and they would all be gold. Right. Which is sort of remarkable. I, I think he I, – I mean, I, I think – I watched him win the 100 the other night. And the announcer was like, you know, make room, Michael Jordan, you know. Oh, yeah, that guy was a little over the top. Way over the top. But you have to kind of – he's got to be in the conversation for one of the greatest athletes of all time. I think they both are. I, mean, I think Phelps is as well. Um, but anybody can run. <laughs> Not everybody yeah. can swim. You know, like I like, can't run. Uh, I'm silly. I mean, competitive competitive swimming takes, I think, more training than competitive running. Sure, I agree. But first of all, you have to have access to a pool. <laughs> uh, anyway, I I I did watch the the hundred the other night. I thought it was it was pretty compelling. And Justin Gatlin's like what, like fifty six years old? Like he's really yeah, he's he's old. He's uh, he's really old by 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 sprinting standards. He's been around for for quite some time. Yes, uh, Jacob Degrom gave up eight earned runs tonight in four and a third innings. That's terrific. Yeah, yeah, they're losing eight to four. So on that note, <laughs> let's say we wrap this puppy up. Yeah, wrap it up. Right. Wrap it up. I'll take it. What's That's your favorite fabulous, uh, Thunderbird. fabulous Thunderbird song, Peach? Uh, the one where they say goodnight, everybody, and they they get off stage. Ain't that tough enough? That's the one I'm going with. Ain't that tough enough? That is not my kind of band. <laughs> um. All right, let's. Uh, where's it? Where'd you put the out music? Where'd you put it? 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 I labeled it closing music. Can we listen to the Beta Prostate uh, commercial again, though, before we go? Can we just listen to that again? I'll uh, make it a little louder. It's brought to you by Beta Prostate. Beta Prostate. Ask your old doctor. I never knew I could have a prostate problem until one time I bent over and it looked like I had an orange in my pants. I asked my doctor, and he said, you pee too much at night. Take weight and bath weight. I take two pills every morning. And for good measure, I put an extra one on my dingus. Now I sleep better. And my orange is more a kumquat. Beta prostate. It worked for me. Let it prostate for you. Let it prostate for you. I, I was just going to say, is the tagline, let it prostate for you? <laughs> yes. I don't know if Don Draper was working on that one, but that that's pretty good. That's my toothless Jersey hillbilly. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's our new sponsor. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking Beta about. Beta prostate. Beta prostate. My uh, by name. Love that Stop that. Music's too loud. Very good. PJ, final unload. Final unload. 
don't listen to idiots on the internet. They don't know anything. Go see Suicide Squad for yourself. It, it's really more of Will Smith's movie. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, because he's okay. Will, wait, Will Smith is in it? See? <laughs> They've led you to not actually know anything. That's all that happens when these people take the floor. Pretty fair. Cal, final unload. Well, I feel like tonight will be the night when everybody finally realized that the Mets season is over. And it took everybody a good couple of months to get to this point, but I, I think now we can finally end this charade. And the season's over, and everything's back to normal with the baby bombers and the Yankees. And the, uh. <laughs> In the post A Rod era. Post A Rod era. I, I, you know what? I don't even have the energy for this. It's fair. Final uh, unload. My final unload is uh, happy 21st anniversary to my. We talked about it on the show last week. Today is actually their anniversary. Uh, happy 21st anniversary to my brother Scott and my sister-in-law Carrie. Uh, showing how it's done for 21 years. Their marriage is now old enough to drink. And um, drink it will. So happy anniversary, guys. All right. That is all the time we have on Radio Lord for the calendar. See you next week. I'm going to go make confession night. Good night. Let it pass me. Let it pass me for you. <laughs> He's here? We got him in the studio? There's a live read. Wow. <laughs> Ask your doctor. <laughs>